Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> we're back. So full disclosure, we're recording two episodes back to back and we did a pretty serious one before this, so we're ready to let loose a little and yes. kind of get that out of our system. And yes, it was super heavy, so we want to uh, bring it up a little bit. Yeah. And we'll, we'll call it bringing it up because... Um, it's going to be a fun episode, I believe. I think so, yes. I think it, this is actually really good. Like, when you first sent it to me, I was kind of like, eh. And then, because I, I read it, I was like, yeah, we'll do it. But then when I actually read, like, the whole thing, I was like, well, this is pretty interesting. It would make a really, really good movie yeah. that I should write. Yeah. That's my plan. <laughs> so, with our last one, we were, you know, where it was pretty, you know, intense, we just kind of went straight into it. So, we... Kind of need to chat a little bit. <laughs> we haven't got to chat. Yeah, so I want to chat about, um, so, you know, Paul and I never fight. <laughs> we don't. We, we never fight. Um, he's just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but we were watching a movie last night, and I don't want to say what it was in case people want to, you know, our, our followers, <laughs> if they want to watch it. I don't want to ruin any any. Part of it. I right. know that's funny me saying that. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, we were watching this movie and it involved time travel. Okay. Okay. And so this person goes into the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. And an antidote for, I'm going to give it away. But anyway, they try to, to get it and bring it back to the year he's originally from to prevent whatever is happening 30 years in the future to begin with. Okay. Okay. So he gets the antidote because they have to mass produce it and get it ready for, you know, the f- 30 years out. Right. Okay. So he gets back to his current time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Paul, I told Paul, I said, you can't, you can't think about time travel too much because it completely unfolds. It does, yeah. Because, okay, so he... He's able to get the antidote that he brings back with him. But there ends up not being the need for it. Well, there is the need for it. But he is able to cancel out what happens in 30 years. And Paul told me that it happens on a... That, that it's not the same time. Well, I'm not kidding. We had like a 30-minute conversation okay. about this All last right. night. I'm just going to say this is my opinion on this. And I'm going to go to the... Just... This is the source for this kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And back to the future. <laughs> what Doc- I said. Dr. Emmett Brown explains this really well. So you're on the space-time continuum. Right. So if you skew off the space-time continuum... It's you, an alternate it's reality. It's an alternate reality. So, therefore... Anything in the future would be the future of your the skewed reality. Mm-hmm. Here's my question, though, about what you were just kind of saying. All right, if all right, so if he goes to the future mm-hmm. to get the antidote mm-hmm. and brings it back, and say they use it mm-hmm. and it works, was there ever really a need for it at all? Well, it turns out there was. Well, no, I'm but just not saying, because that they. Not like, exactly what they thought it was going to be. They thought they were going to need it to fight this kind of warfare. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they, they didn't actually end up fighting this war because he's able to stop it like super quick. Yeah. So, but he's all upset thinking, you know, that he's not going to get to see his daughter in the future and all this kind of stuff because possibly she dies when he goes to the future. <laughs> I need a man. 
We're not giving Paul a microphone. But so then he's like, well, I left my daughter to die in the future. She's not going to die in the future because he came back with the anecdote that is needed for the future. I know this probably does not make any sense to the listeners, but... <laughs> to anyone who's not seeing this. Anyone who's not seeing okay, this. But, but no, I agree with what you're saying. If he came back with... Does she die of what he came back with? As a result of what... Paul's just sitting over here biting his tongue. Terminator. That's all I gotta say is Terminator. Well, I've never seen Terminator. Oh. Well, people, go out and watch The Tomorrow Wars with Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. And let us know your thoughts on time travel. Well, let me just say this. I will say, any movie that involves time travel always confuses me. The only one that didn't was Back to the Future because they explained exactly what they were doing. Yeah. But, like, the Avengers and all that confuses me. Like, I still don't understand how Captain America was able to go back and just live out the life. That would have changed everything, mm-hmm. you would think. Yeah. I don't understand that. Because he, that, if he went back and lived the whole life, that means he wasn't there In when the, the big, Avengers started. Right. Like, I don't understand. Like, you can't... Actually, like you, you said, can't think about it too much. Because it completely unravels. You it tear, does. You pull one little thread and the whole thing comes apart. It does. That's why I've never written anything that had time travel in it. Because... Yeah, no. It's yeah, not going to make myself. sense. At some yeah. point, it's not going to make sense. Yeah. In my opinion. But I'm not kidding. Like, I lost my voice talking about this last <laughs> night. Didn't I? Yes. I mean, I was like, what's wrong with your voice? But we seriously, it was a 30, 40 minute, like, no, this is why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but no. it was a great movie, though. Really? Yeah, it was. It was really good. And it just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, the only one, like I said, that makes sense to me with time travel is Back to the Future. And that is because they do a really good job of explaining what they're doing Mm -hmm. and why it makes sense. A lot of them don't to me that have time travel. Although, I did read this thing, and it was very interesting. Talking about parallel universes. They were saying that is why, like, you have deja vu is because I've already experienced it in the parallel universe. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me. Interesting theory, but I don't believe it. Well, <laughs> I don't believe it, but it is interesting. Everybody's had deja vu. Yeah. Where you're like, I've done this. Like, I was sitting right here, yeah. and you were right there, and you said that exact same thing. Yeah. Like, it happens to me pretty frequently. I've had it before, yeah. Frequently, I should say. What'd you say? Frequent? Yeah. <laughs> Southwest Virginia. But no, I mean, I just thought it was interesting how they were explaining. I was like, well, you know, that's that's a thought. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, I just um, yeah, it, it confuses me. Yeah, I don't. But, so that's what we did last night. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we didn't really do much last night, but um, here's something that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about. So. We haven't really talked about. So, what do you think is like one of the best, like haunting or ghost movies? The others. The others was really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. It was very suspenseful. I saw that in the theaters when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw it with one of my friends, Samantha. If she's listening, um, and I thought we were both gonna like pee ourselves because <laughs> it it was absolutely terrifying when you realize what's going on mm-hmm. and but it's it was so well written and so well acted you had no clue and nothing like that's ever been done before mm-hmm. and i mean a lot of other movies have probably tried to uh imitate it mm-hmm. but 
they can't capture that that surprise right. that there was with that. So I, I, that's always been one of my top ones. I like um, What Lies Beneath. Oh, yeah. And I have a funny story. Remember when we went to see this at the theater? Yep. It was rated PG-13, and we <laughs> had our friend's kids who were young. Yeah, they were young. I mean, I don't even know if they were 13. But if you recall... I told you that I didn't think it was a good idea. And you said, well, it's PG-13. I said, well, that doesn't have anything to do with how scary it's going to be. I was like, it's PG-13. How scary can it be? Like, how bad can it be? So we took them and, like, one of them, like, slept with the light on, I'm pretty sure, for several nights. It's a good one. It I, is a good one. I like Michelle Pfeiffer anyway, and I thought it was a good one. Yeah. But I guess we were talking about the, would you consider the Sixth Sense a, um, like us, the surprise at the time, mm-hmm. people didn't know. There's a controversy for me about that. I don't know if I talked to you about it, but I think we have discussed this. It did Haley Joel Osment know that Bruce Willis was dead? I say he did. I say he did too. Others not so sure. Uh, others say he did not. But the reason I think he did is because where in the scene where he's telling him, you know, about what happens to him and he sees dead people is like. He tells him, he's like, most of the time, they don't even know they're dead. And, and I think that's what he was telling him. Yeah. It's like, you don't know you're dead. Yeah. And he didn't come out and say it, but he's a kid. But I think he did. Yeah. But Well, I think that's why he ran from him, too, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to get away from it. Oh, that's true. But M. Night Shyamalan, if you're listening, um, we would like to know, <laughs> did he know that... Um, you know, just be interesting to just, know. Just like to know. And, my, my theory is yes. And I have a couple of scripts I'd like to send to you <laughs> if you'd like to hit me up at one murder at a time dot com. <laughs> is that bad? No, it's not bad. <laughs> but no, I see. You like the um, show too, didn't you? The one that was on recently. Oh my gosh, uh, the haunting of a Hill House. Yeah, on Netflix is absolutely horrifying, but it is so good. I mean, it. Oh, Paul. Like there was once. Paul screamed like <laughs> a woman, like, oh my gosh. But it was so good. It was so scary. And the second season, uh, I, they take up the same actors, but they, they're they different people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as good, but it still had some good moments. It ended up, they tied it together pretty well. But the first season, The Haunting of Hill House, yeah, that's a must watch. If, if you like scary, well-written, well-acted, I mean, the direction too. Yeah. Because, you know, I like when something's directed very well. And they do this scene at a funeral home, and the way that is shot, and it goes, I mean, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. I don't really like scary stuff. No, but it's so good. Like, it's really, really good. Well, I mean, I believe you. I mean, I like stuff that, I mean, there are movies that I like that have been scary, but one reason I don't, I just, I don't know. I just swear, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm kind of a chicken, I guess. And we watched um, the most recent Conjuring movie. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too big of a fan. Um, the first one was really, really good. The second one was good. This one was too much of, um, I don't know, it just didn't flow well. And it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it really was. And I, I like the actors in it, but it just, it didn't do the... Uh, the Conjuring franchise any favors, I don't think. But yeah. that's just my opinion. I'm See, not a movie I'm, critic. I just, I've never been into those. Like, I've never watched any of the Conjurings. I've never watched, like, I've never watched some of the older ones. Like, The Grudge and, like, The Ring. Oh, do you remember? Ring. Do you remember when we were kids and Mom had bought us The Exorcist on VHS? <laughs> yeah. 
And neither one of us would keep it in our room. So I would come home from school and it would be laying on my bed. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't want it in our room. So like when she would leave, I would take it and lay it on her bed. And so then when she would leave, she would come and leave it in my room somewhere. So yeah. Like, did you put this in my room? (laughs) I don't want this in here. Like I have to put it somewhere where she won't see it. (laughs) But then like when we watched it, I mean, it's a very scary movie. I mean, it's disturbing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I guess where it had been parodied so much mm-hmm. in movies that we had seen before that, yeah. it kind of took the scared level out of it. Yeah. So, it, you know, I mean, it's still, I can see. Well, uh, typically, was, I don't like possession movies. Right. I, I, typically. I mean, I can watch, you know, The Conjuring involves that, but uh, I don't like. Except Beetlejuice. Except Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are we getting a Beetlejuice too? I mean, is that happening? I would love a Beetlejuice too. I think. I mean, why does that not happen? I would like uh, to know. Talk about the most random things. <laughs> but I mean, really, there should have been a Beetlejuice. There really too. should. I mean, come on. I'd watch it. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'd write it. <laughs> Tim Burton, if you happen to be listening. <laughs> Tracy at one at a time dot com. <laughs> Okay, well, no, but... Because I'm sure Tim Burton's listening. I'm sure, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the ghosts have a lot to do with the story we're going to talk about today. So, today we're going to do the Greenbrier ghost. And this is, like, a cool story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sad, but it is cool. Mm -hmm. Because it actually has kind of a What Lies Beneath element to it. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, you want to start this one off? Sure. Okay. So, full disclosure, (laughs) the names in this story are terrible to say, so I'm going to trample all over them, and there is one name that I read in my head as like a Harry Potter name, but it is not, so um, just bear with me. So we're going back to 1896. Yes. And this is in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Yes. Not too far from where we are right now. No, no, it's fairly close by. Yeah. They have the uh, golf course over there that people go to. The Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Erasmus Trout Shoe moved from Pocahontas County, Virginia to a small village in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Erasmus was a handsome man by all accounts. Mm-hmm. He was tall, muscular, you know, like I said, handsome. So he actually accepted a blacksmith's job with uh, James Crookshanks, right. which also sounds like a Harry... It was a Harry Potter name, right? It was, yeah. Okay. He oftentimes went by Trout, right? which we've had trouble with uh, saying without laughing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he went by both Edward and Trout. So, but for... I don't know where they got Edward from. I don't know, because I think he may have tried to change his name at one point. So, shortly after he got to uh, Greenbrier County, he met uh, a farmer's daughter named uh, Zona Hester. Mm Mm-hmm. And Zona was smitten with him. And she was an attractive young woman, too. I think she was in her early 20s. Yeah, I think so. And there's not a whole lot known about her early life because, Mm -hmm. I I mean, there probably wasn't a whole lot to know. Now, I did read that she had had a child out of wedlock. That is a... Well, that is... I don't know if that's true or not. Because people say yes, people say no, people say that was just made up or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
whatever. So maybe, possibly. Possibly. That Which, she, in that day, would have been a Yeah, that would have been deal. a huge deal in, you know, late 1800s. Anyway, she's smitten with him, and he likes her as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're both attractive and both young. And uh, so they started dating, even though her mother... Yeah, her mother was not a fan of Trout. No. Um, when she first met him, she thought that he came across as arrogant and quick to violence or mm-hmm. he had a quick temper yeah so they basically did not have the blessings of the family but they actually ended up eloping because they didn't you know the they didn't approve right so on january 23rd of 1897 trout had went to the home of martha jones who was uh, a woman who lived nearby she was a neighbor and he asked her son anderson jones if he could go to the house and do some chores because uh, Zona hadn't been feeling well. Apparently, she hadn't been feeling well for several months. And Dr. Knapp mm-hmm. had uh, come in, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, But several months from, basically from the time they got married until January, you know, we're talking a few months, mm-hmm. she was not feeling well and was very sick. So he asks Anderson Jones to go and do some chores at the house and everything because she's feeling under the weather and he has to go to work and then to ask her if she needs anything from the store Mm -hmm. as well. He has to go by and ask the boy three times to go to the house. Instead of just going himself. Well, that morning, going to work, he leaves the house, stops by Martha Jones' house and said, hey, go by the house and do these chores and check on... Mrs. Shu, if you would, please, and let me know if she needs anything from the store. Mm-hmm. Well, the boy didn't get around to doing it. Instead of going and checking on his wife, he comes back by later and asks Anderson to go back and check on his wife. Mm-hmm. The boy still doesn't go. And then third time, he comes by and asks Anderson, go do these chores and check on my wife. Let me know what she needs. So... The boy goes this time, third time, mm-hmm. and when he gets to the house, he goes inside and finds the obviously deceased body of Zona Shu. Mm-hmm. She is at the foot of the stairs, laying face down with one arm stretched outwards and her legs straight down. Mm-hmm. Her other arm was tucked beneath her chest and her head tilted slightly, which is important. He finds her body in kind of an odd position, you know, for someone who would have fallen down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes and gets his mother, and his mother um, summons the doctor, who also is the coroner, and that is Dr. George Knapp. And Dr. Knapp did not come for about an hour, but, you know, this is the late 1800s. Who knows how they were traveling? Right. Um, how, I don't know how far away it was, but he got there in about an hour. But by the time he got there, Trout had already taken his wife's body into the bedroom, put a dress on her that came up really high, like, on her neck, and had a big bow in the front, and it also had a veil over her face. I read that this was actually the dress that she wore when they eloped. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I read that. And so he had her on the bed. Um... So the doctor tries to do an examination of the body, and Trout doesn't like this. Like, he basically lets him barely examine her, and um, he did. the doctor did note that she had bruising around her neck that he could tell, but when he tried to look at it closer, 
Trout, like, flipped out and was like, okay, that's enough. You need to leave. Right. The doctor didn't put up any fight about it. He basically left. Mm -hmm. They ended up ruling the death a, basically saying she fainted and fell down the steps at first. Like a, uh, what did they call it? Um, some everlasting uh, faint? Yes. Which, what a way to say a heart attack. Because I, I read that that was basically what they were saying. It was a heart attack. Mm. An everlasting faint. Isn't that a way to put the heart attack? You faint and never wake up? Yeah. that's. Yeah. I, I found that interesting. Yeah, that is. Anyway. So, um, that was it for then. They had the funeral the next day, I think. And so, during the funeral, there were witnesses who had said that Trout was always at the foot of, or excuse me, at the head of the coffin, mm-hmm. and that he would at times be really, like, grief-stricken, and then at other times he'd be, like, full of energy, but he had put a pillow on one side of her head and rolled up a sheet and put on the others to prop her head so it would stay in place. Interesting. There were witnesses that said that it appeared that her neck was not strong enough to support her head. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just automatically... F- tilt to one side or the other well and he claimed he wanted to make her comfortable right okay that yeah yeah so anyhow so she's buried and her mother mary jane about a month after zona's death her mother claims that zona came to her and told her that he she wasn't she didn't die you know of natural causes that her husband had killed her because she did not cook any meat for dinner so it's said that um zona visited mary jane for four nights and on the first night she told her about him um getting upset about the dinner and then the second night she told her that he had gotten so mad that he um Broke her neck. Mm-hmm. So, so she visited her for like four nights, yes. according to Mary Jane. Yes, that's what it mm-hmm. said. Yes. So Mary Jane is obviously distraught by this, and she goes to the prosecutor and tells him, you know, my daughter didn't die of natural causes. She was murdered. And she's there pleading, begging, please, you know, is there anything you can do? Can we reopen the case? Um regardless, you know, of whether the prosecutor believed her or not. So, actually, on that fourth night, um, which was the last time that she visited her mom, um, to make her final point, she twisted her head around 180 degrees, presumably to show her mother that her neck had been broken. That's some creepy stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Imagine that. No, I don't want to. She had had also said that that wasn't the first time that he had hit her. Right. So, and this is all according to Mary Jane. Right. Her daughter had visited her. So, Mary Jane decides that she's going to go visit the prosecutor. Um, His name was John Preston. And she went to his office, basically begged and pleaded for him to reopen the case, that her daughter was not, um, she didn't die by natural causes, that she was murdered. So, you know, she must have done something right because he did reopen the case. He went and talked to Dr. Knapp. I think he was um, intrigued by it because uh, it was, you know, it was found out that Dr. Knapp didn't do a 
quote unquote autopsy. Well, that's what I was getting ready oh, to sorry. say. Go yeah. <laughs> so he went and talked to Dr. Knapp, who admitted to him, you know, I didn't do I didn't do an autopsy. I actually didn't even do a really full examination because Trout was there and he was so upset and basically forced me to leave. So, um, actually the public in the area had also started believing that she was murdered. Um, so there was kind of a growing, like, consensus, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, we need to figure out what really happened here. So, um, so when Dr. Knapp told the attorney that he hadn't done the full examination or an autopsy, that was actually enough to say, okay, well, we'll exhume the body and do a full autopsy. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what they had done. Um, her body was um, examined on February 22nd, 1897. And Trout was not happy about this. Mm-mm. He was like vocal. You know, he didn't yeah. want this to happen. But um, he had to be at the autopsy at the time. It was the law mm-hmm. that he had to be there. He had told people reportedly, I don't know how true this is, that he knew he would be arrested, but they couldn't prove that he had done anything. So the autopsy, they did it over three days, and it turns out that her neck was broken. According to the report, um, that her neck was broken, her windpipe was mashed, there were marks of, finger marks on her throat indicating that she had been choked. I read that people were shocked when they saw that, too, the fingerprints on her neck. Yeah. And that he was flipping out when they went to actually, like, the lower half, he was completely fine with it. When they started moving to the upper half to do, mm-hmm. he flipped out. Right. Yeah. Basically, her neck was crushed. Like, I mean, it was mm-hmm. decimated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes sense as to why people reported that her head couldn't, like, her neck couldn't support the weight of her head. That right. it would just flop. Yeah. Very interesting that that actually turned out to be true. Isn't that crazy? It is. <laughs> I mean, and the speculation was that Mary Jane just hated Trout. Mm-hmm. And that she wanted him put away. That she thought he had done something, but, you know... But it's just suspicious. And I wonder, though, you could think, well, did she get the idea from people saying, oh, her neck, you know, she can't even hold her, you know, her head won't even stay up. But even so, it's just funny that it turns out. Exactly like she said. Yeah. I mean, believing ghosts or not, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, it is. But... So, they actually do take um, Trout to trial. Mm-hmm. While he was being held in jail for awaiting trial, some information came out. Because not much was known about Trout before he came to Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, his life was kind of... Because nobody knew him. Like, he wasn't moving here because he had family here or anything. Like, nobody knew him. Yeah. So, um, some things came out about Trout. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, Trout's first wife... Uh, her name was Allie Cutlip. Um, they had one child together, um, but it ended in divorce in 1889. He was actually in prison at the time for uh, stealing a horse, mm-hmm. which at the time was equivalent to Grand Theft Auto. He <laughs> 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 I mean, really was. Um, but she alleged in the divorce that uh, he had been very violent and had frequently beaten her. And then in 1894... He had married again, this time to Lucy Ann Tritt. And she died just eight months later under circumstances that were 
a little odd. And you might say, say a little odd. <laughs> so he claims that he was on the roof of their house, like redoing the chimney, mm-hmm. and she was below him, and he dropped like a giant rock on her head. Yeah, by accident. It is strange. I mean, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen, but it, she just happened to be standing where he dropped a rock. Well, that's what he told police that had happened, but he um, nobody believed him, and he actually left town before they could do anything about it. So he just left, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking late 1800s. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Um, so I assume Lucy Ann did not get any kind of justice for wow. that or any kind of investigation. I don't know. I had to look deeper into that one. But, um, yeah, so he left and headed towards uh, Greenbrier. Greenbrier. And then he meets Zona, mm-hmm. and they get married quickly, and then she dies under mysterious circumstances, too. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. It it said, too, that um, he had talked while he was in jail that he wanted to have seven wives. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... So, yeah. that was three. <laughs> yeah, so he was working his way up, I guess. But um, so the trial started on June twenty second, eighteen ninety seven, and basically Mary Jane um, Zona's mother was the main witness. Mm-hmm. Um, she testified to um, him being abusive to her and that he had a quick temper and all that. Basically, she just didn't like him. And um, I I read two different accounts. So I'm not really sure which one's correct. If she testified, because the prosecution did not bring up the ghost sightings, but I read that the defense did as a tactic to discredit her, mm-hmm. to make her seem crazy. I read both of that too. So I don't know which is exactly true, but um, one of them says that you know she talked about what had happened, and basically since the defense was the one that brought it up, the judge couldn't rule it to be stricken from the record. Right. So it counted as testimony. If that's correct, I'm not 100% sure on this. But um, regardless of the testimony, um, he was found guilty on July 11th and sentenced to life in prison. And it only took him like an hour. Yeah, back then. And what was... I read, too, that, you know, the town had gotten so upset about this that they've actually formed a lynch mob to come and get him from the prison, but the sheriff broke it up. Yeah. But people were really upset about this, and um, so he does go to prison, though. He doesn't last too long in prison. Um, He actually catches a—there's a flu epidemic in 1900, and he um, catches that and passes away. Yep, he died March 13th in 1900 at the West Virginia State Penitentiary So at 39. Mary Jane had never got visited again Mm-mm. by Zona. And um, she I mean, never, she, like, her story never changed yeah. from the time she told it to the when she passed away. Her story never, you know, changed. And um, it, it's a crazy story because she knew... Uh, I mean, how she was killed, what she was wearing, where she was located. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knew things she shouldn't have known unless she was visited by Zona. Right. And it is kind of, you know, what I was talking about, you know, 
it has a what lies beneath element because you know the Mm -hmm. student comes back and haunts michelle pfeiffer's character and it's basically to tell her you know your husband killed me Mm -hmm. so it does it is a similar i haven't seen that movie thing well it only came out like 30 years ago (laughs) you've had plenty of time to watch that 20 it's been no, a while. It's, it's been a while. But uh, but yeah, this has that similar feel to it, you know, that mm-hmm. the ghost got revenge, like revenge from the grave. It's, yeah. I mean. I wonder if she ever visited him. Wouldn't that have been something? Yeah. Or she would have probably and turned her head all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> so you could take poetic license with that and put it in there. Yes, I could. Nobody else write that? And <laughs> Copyright. M. Night Shyamalan, if you <laughs> heard this story and you would like for me to write that. <laughs> But no, it's just interesting because you think if if she did testify to this in court that she saw and that her daughter came to her and told her, you know, that had to get into people's head. They already, the town didn't like him anyway, uh-huh. so they were probably going to find him guilty regardless. Uh-huh. But you do have to wonder, like, what exactly... I mean, I know it's supposed to be, like, beyond reasonable doubt and all that stuff, but... I think that kind of is beyond a reasonable doubt because how else would she have known? Well, and how else would her neck have been broken that way? Yeah. So I feel like there's two possibilities here. So either she was visited by her daughter who told her this, or, well, technically there's three, or she, they said she was a smart woman, like she was crafty. Mm -hmm. So she realizes something's wrong with the neck area. I'll make this up and they'll find out that's what really happened. That her neck, there's something wrong with her neck, and you know, it'll be enough to put him away. Yeah, but what are the chances that it's, something's really wrong with, I mean... Well, because people had said yeah. you know, that she couldn't, like, just laying there, her body laying there, her head would not even lay straight. Yeah. Like, it would, because her neck could not support it. Yeah. So, if you knew that, you know, that might, I don't know. Or, a third option is someone else killed her, and she knew who did it. Don't think so because there were no reports that they, the family, had any discourse from mm-hmm. everything. It, you know, she was, she got along well with her mother. It didn't sound like there was any. No, it said that they were best friends until he came along. So I don't foresee that being the issue. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's fascinating because you think it is fascinating. It's very fascinating. It's very interesting to think that you know. So there's actually a historical marker uh, when you go into Greenbrier County. Mm-hmm. I think it's when you go in. It, it may not be. I may have just made that up. But uh, <laughs> somewhere in Greenbrier, Greenbrier <laughs> County that um, commemorates her death. It says, Greenbrier Ghost, interred in nearby cemetery, is Zona Hester Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward, also known as Trout. Um, (laughs) Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from ghosts helped convict a murderer. That's insane. It really is. I mean, you know... That's a cool case, though. It is. I mean, it's, it's... I mean... She got her own justice. Yeah. I mean, if that's true, I, 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 how do you explain it? I don't know. I mean, it's very, yeah. <laughs> it, that's how, how it had to have gone because, I mean, <laughs> she wasn't there. She lived in um, 
She didn't live in Greenbrier. The mom didn't, I don't think. I think she lived in the next county over. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, to have known what she was wearing when she was... Yeah. I mean, because she knew all this stuff. And, I mean, they must have convicted convince the jury of it because they really didn't have any other evidence right well and you know 1897 the next county over would take you how long to get from i don't even know because i mean i don't know traveling by i guess horse or carriage yeah grand theft auto remember (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but that's that's the uh greenbrier ghost I thought that was a fun one. I, it was. I, I, I mean, I had not heard of this, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, being that close, you would think mm-hmm. I would have heard of it, but I had not heard of it. Yeah. And so it was very interesting to read about. It will make a great movie, and be on the lookout for that. <laughs> <laughs> Written by and directed <laughs> by yours truly. <laughs> But yeah, no, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that. It was light. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, murder's not light, but I mean, just the fact, you know, thinking that she ultimately got revenge from beyond. That's, yeah. That, that's a cool story. Yeah. And like she said, I didn't know it until I started. We, we wanted to look for something lighter after doing the Jacob Wetterling case. And uh, yeah, we wanted to do something that had a little bit of a haunt to it, and because um, we enjoyed doing the Sisters in Black mm-hmm. case uh, a few episodes ago. So, um, if you have any stories uh, like this, or you've had any, um, you know, encounters, yeah, we're still collecting the um, ghost stories or the unexplained. We're going to do an episode on that at some point, but we've got to get enough material to. Make it, you know, the full episode. So please send us anything that you've got. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, the website, uh, com. you can reach us on our email. There's links on there. And there's show notes for uh, the Greenbrier Ghost. You should go on and, like, I mean, it would be a cool historical uh, tour, I think, because, I mean, you can go to the uh, courthouse and mm-hmm. you can go to the cemetery and all that where she is buried. But, I mean... Zona got her her revenge, and old Trouty got his <laughs> comeuppance. <laughs> Trouty is sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, that one was fun. So, um, yeah, send us your uh, ideas for shows, too. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know anything ghostly or anything like that we are trying to stay away from cases that are not completely um like if they're still going through the court system and stuff like that we kind of don't want to cover any of those until um everything is settled because um like i said the we know the gina hall case has been settled for a long time but um you know there's been recent developments in that and he uh um epperly who's the killer in that case has uh come up for parole and it's not been determined if he actually made parole or not yet so um yeah we're kind of listening out for that one and like i said there's been a lot of developments in that and i want to see how that plays out but that one's near and dear to our hearts so we want to do that one justice so um that one will be a while from now but uh yeah any story ideas you have um any cases we need to look into uh your 
your encounters with ghosts, goblins, <laughs> uh, killers, yada yada. Send them to us. We'd like to hear them, and, and you know you can remain anonymous if you want to, but we'd like to read them on on the podcast. But uh, yeah, this was a fun one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> well, I guess we'll talk to you next time then. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, be heading back with a new case <laughs> that'll be just as fun and. Maybe not as fun as this one, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it'll be just as fun. Yeah, that's not the right wording, I should say. I guess it's interesting. Yeah. So, this is informative, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But um, thanks for listening to One Murder at a Time, and we'll catch you next time. Later. Deuces. <laughs>